Hey everybody, welcome to Tanked Up. We're a beer drinking, video game playing podcast. My name is Ben Noda. Yeah. This week, I'm joined by Alex Malpass. Hi. You good? I'm, yeah, I'm good, thanks, how are you? Yeah, good man, good. And on special request, or just because he wanted to, <laughs> we're joined by Adil Kerji. How you doing man? Not bad, yourselves seem good. Yeah? yeah. Okay, cool. So this week we've got some uh, Bristol beers, so it's like a showdown of Bristol uh, brewing things, so we're going to be judging some of the best um, things we've got. Yeah, available. as we drunk all of our honest brew yeah. beers, we had to go and get some more. So we thought, as we're in Bristol, what better way of showcasing where we are than mm-hmm. drinking some Bristol made beers? Fortunately, there's a lot of good beer to drink yeah. around here. So. Good, we're going to be going through those. We're going to be talking to you about the games we've been playing this week, and we're also going to chat a little bit at the end about uh, party games. Uh, rock band was announced, so we're going to just have a little chat about whether things like rock band party games are still relevant with everybody getting together, sort of local co-op and things like that. So we shall begin with the first beer. Okay, so we've got. Um, let's just quickly go through. We've got a Wiper and True uh, saison. So Wiper and True, big kind of high quality brewer in Bristol. We've got a New Bristol Brewery Flame India Red Ale. India Red Ale. Kind of a random beer type. Um, New Bristol, a bit smaller. Uh, we've got the um, Bristol Beer Factory, Southville Hop. So Bristol Beer Factory, quite established. Bristol Brewery. Um, and we've got Arbor, another uh, quite established brewery, with a beer called Why Kick a Moo Cow? Why indeed. Which is a New Zealand pale ale. Would seem harsh if you did. Yeah. It would, yeah. Unless it had done something to deserve it. Which was a deservingly kicked moo cow. I, I feel like tipping is, is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> That's true. Tipping yeah. a cow is fine. Yeah. Why, why are you scrumping uh, about to pick out the cows? 50p. Depends <laughs> <laughs> how good Ooh. the service is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so let's let's start with the saison because it will be the most sort of delicate yeah. flavour before we blow our taste buds with the IPAs. So we've had good good luck with saison so far. We have in, the, in this show. I think we have saison every week. Yeah. Uh, yes, we had partisan in the first week. Yes, we, and had. we had another one. <laughs> <laughs> this is week four. I know much. It is. Had. We should probably note down. It's all on the blog. Yeah, it's on the internet. It's on there Twitter. There are photos. It's happened. It's documented. Anyway, so here's here's some pairs. So yeah, it is on Twitter, and if you want to see what we've been doing, you can follow us at tanked up underscore cast. Bam! First natural plug we've done. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's all get some of this. Excellent. It's got a nice sort of honey visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. A little bit of head. We find this with the other weeks, just absurd innuendos as well. But it does look very good. You have brought me on the show. It's not any better. But there will be puns. I've been resisting saying... I don't think we've done too many puns. Tis the saison. (laughs) (laughs) So the beer itself has a kind of... Got a kind of sweet 
aroma to it. I haven't tasted it yet, but it does. It's called the it doesn't breeze, quite, by the way. It doesn't quite have a, a sweet taste to it, though. No, it's actually kind of got a... kept on with that sort of spike of a spice, and I can't quite place it. It's very strong, sort of, right at the top of your palate when you sip it. Mm. Yeah, very much. So it's a saison, so it's lemony, citrusy, kind of sharp lemon flavour I'm getting. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It is nice. It's good, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever had a bad wiper in true. Mm. So if you see them, they're not cheap by any means, but top quality beer, and they're never going to go wrong if you get one. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what to say about the Saison. It's, it's, it's nice. nice to say, oh, it's yeah. not, not over. It's nice and light. Yeah, it's inoffensive. Not inoffensive, yeah. It's not like... Not, not bland, nice. but like not inoffensive. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who didn't like it. Mm. Sense. There's not quite a, a... With some of the other sort of... Saisons we've had, there's almost been quite a big flavour with it. Mm. And you don't quite get that with this. It's quite um, yeah. quite level. <clears throat> I think that's a, a wiper and true. I mean, they probably won't appreciate me saying this, but it, they, their beers always have a very finely balanced flavour. Mm. But it's never very big. Okay. Mm. So I think that, I mean, that's that's a mark of kind of sophisticated brewing, that you don't just have the biggest flavour you can come up with. But, um, yeah, even their IPAs are never, like... Blowing your head off with right. hops. They're just nice hops. Yeah. Good. Right, so we shall start. Adil, we'll go with you first. What have you played this week? Uh, I've played quite a lot of Hotline Miami. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, sequel came out, I think, last week. Yeah, and yeah I think so. sitting on Hotline Miami for a few, well, over a month now since the Steam sale. And so I finally cracked it out and... Uh, Got addicted to the quick re- quick restart, lots of deaths, <laughs> brutal gameplay that is Hotline Miami. Yeah, yeah. It is it's fantastically brutal. Yeah. I, um, I realized that it's basically the original Grand Theft Auto games, but closer. Mm. <laughs> I think that's how I'd describe it. A little bit more, almost from the, the GTA game, a little bit more skilled. Is involved oh in yes, this. but I mean, like just pure. If you had to describe, yeah, yeah, what, okay. Uh, how top the visual is? Yeah. It's, it's sort of really pixelated, mm. top down, but close. Yeah, I mean, it's the art style is very nice. Yeah, we and say this about a lot of the games that we play, but it, it's a really nicely, um, almost mimicking an eighties style sort of sixteen bit. And game. the color palette is very mm. neon. <clears throat> yeah, I think this is the first game that all of us have played as well now. It's certainly the first game that we've all equally enjoyed. Um, anyway, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's it's a great game. I, I, it's really fun. Um, I really enjoy playing. It. It's addictive, um, and and there's skill involved, and there's randomization, but there's also a level of planning and stuff like. It's just got good like a mixture of things going on. I'm not quite sure what the point of the storyline is. Like I'm just clicking through the storyline. Uh, how far through have you, have you guys finished it? I haven't no. No, I'm up to level six, I think. Okay. So I it, it's So your uh, jacket such uh, random hitman. I'm not mm-hmm. sure whether you are a hitman before this all begins. Whether I it think I can't, I, Yeah, I I can't remember um because it jumps backwards and forwards quite a lot with a few of the um sort of story elements. Um but there's, um, I think, the last maybe three or four levels, the storyline takes a bit of a, a twist. So you've got that mm-hmm. to look forward to as well. Okay. So even though it, 
it's a, it's odd for the the story that you think you're experiencing. Suddenly, this thing happens. This twist happens that doesn't throw the story that you're you know playing through out of the window, but it just just changes it completely. So it reframes it. Yeah. Um, for those of you listening who haven't actually seen or played the game, <laughs> you haven't um, really described it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I told, said it was Grand Theft Auto one or two, but closer. Um, so um, it's basically uh, top down. Um, you can pick up random weapons. Uh, you should, every level you start off with none, uh, but mm-hmm. you, as soon as you disarm someone, you can pick up the weapon and then yeah. proceed to bludgeon them <laughs> with it. It's very graphic, despite being. Not so graphic, if you get my drift. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of very bright neon blood comes out. Um, once you've knocked someone over, whether it be with a door or throwing a weapon at them, uh, they only stay down for a handful of seconds. But if you walk up to them and hit space bar, you mount them and proceed to pummel them to death. Um, Just cave their head in. in yeah. Some it's nice horrible that the, the way that you cave the head in varies. So sometimes you kick the head in sometimes you smack it on the floor mm, it, sometimes true. if you've got a knife you can slip the I think I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there is a, a trophy an achievement for experiencing every single mm. downed nice. execution <laughs> my, my favourite is probably when you've downed them and they're bleeding and they're crawling around <laughs> <Yeah. the level>. <laughs> <laughs> because they're considered dead by the game like you, yeah. if you don't kill them you still clear the stage mm-hmm. which for those of you who haven't played it you have to basically Kill all of the enemies, which is basically all of the people. We say kill, we mean murder. Yeah. It doesn't sort of take that, you know, it's something like a Call of Duty. You're just randomly going around killing enemies. It wouldn't be sort of classified quite as harshly as that, whereas Hotline Miami Mm. is quite brutal in that regard. Hotline Miami is not in a war setting. That's the difference, isn't it? You're killing enemies in combat. This is breaking into houses. It, I believe I, I think part of the second game is because the second game changes it. You're not um, one character; you're a series of characters. So it follows several different storylines in the second mm. game, and I think one of them is set in a war zone in a jungle, maybe okay. or some kind of Rambo-esque type character. Oh, Vietnam. It, yeah, possibly. Yeah, it, it, I think it is set in the '90s. The second one. So, oh, so probably not Vietnam. No, no, I'm not sure. <laughs> Might still be in Vietnam. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, as far as uh, strategy is concerned, my favorite is still picking up a gun and just using it to throw at people to <laughs> knock them out and trying my hardest not to use a single bullet because the rest of the AI, AI within a couple of rooms um, will just start charge you. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much nicer, the feeling of getting through the level where no one suspects anything until the thing is at their forehead. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've got like playing... Um, Really, really aggressively. Oh, so yeah. you just charge into rooms where there's like two or three people. Just take a guy out, double bludgeon the next two guys, and it's all over in like a second and a half. The two people are just walking around, and then the dead. Just like, you get you get more points at the end of the stage as well for yeah. sort of boldness. Yeah, being able to just run in and it rewards boldness. Yeah, and it really does. You have to push. I like that in a game. Yeah, definitely. But then there's there's elements of it as well. We sort of need to sit back a little bit and be able to scan the surroundings yeah, and know where you're going to go and yeah. try and figure out a little bit first what you're going to do mm-hmm. and if you've listened to us before you know we love strategy mm-hmm. and this game has a lot of strategy in it if you wanted yeah. to that's true and you will die a lot yeah and that's what's addictive about it isn't it that you um, it's one of those things where you say oh, I'll just have one more one more life 
and then I'll go and clean up or do the dishes or something. Or walk the dog. Or walk the dog, yeah. Um, and then you say that about 17 times and you realise that an hour's passed and whatever. It's just, yeah. Mm. It, it, it's a bit like Super Hexagon for that same, like, oh, I'm just going to play one more time. Um, yeah, anyway. And, and both those games have that magic restart button right by your hand. <laughs> so easy to just push it one more time. It is. It, is. it does make it a lot easier just to constantly keep playing and have mm. no breaks. There's so no, like, health bar in it or anything. Yeah. It's just one... Yeah, permadeath. Mm, yeah. mm. And that, I think that's one of the things, is you get such a feeling of accomplishment after uh, a stage. Yeah. Because you had to do it without getting hit. Mm. Like, that's the only way you progress, is if you could do this stage, quote-unquote, perfectly, at least health-wise, perfectly. Mm, mm. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I, I did it. Yeah. But some stages, you... You play through it and it's so fun that you want to go back and play it again mm. and try and get a better score, try and be a bit bolder, try and do it a bit quicker. But some stages are just so difficult. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're just so happy that you've completed it. That you just There's no not reason to go back and play it again. You're, just, you're satisfied at that point, aren't you? You don't feel like you have to go back in. Um, I played it on PS3. Um, mm-hmm. And then re-downloaded it for PS4, uh, for PlayStation 4. Um, I've not completed it on PlayStation 4 yet, but um, I don't know whether I could have done. But I didn't take a save game from PS3 across, which was a completed game. I didn't take that across to PlayStation 4, so I had to start again. Um, and I've probably played sort of similar to what you guys have up to about the fifth or sixth sort of stage, mm-hmm. um, just on PS4. But I know there's a few games that I've spoken about which I keep saying that I will go back to and I, you know, it's something that I will play again but Hotline Miami was definitely one of those games where as soon as I got my PS4 it was one of the first games I downloaded because I knew that I wanted to play that yeah, definitely. and it's I think £7 on Steam mm. regular price and it's um, partner sequel rather partner. it's partner yeah <laughs> it's friend <laughs> Hotline Miami 2 yeah. <laughs> Hotline Miami 2 is I think 10.99 or 11.99 yeah I don't think it's much it's not yeah. um, they're not massively priced games so. they're not massively complicated games so they must couldn't have taken but, that long to come up with them mm. but I've put more hours into Hotline Miami than I have in a lot of games recently yeah definitely mm. I'm a serial um, I, I've got game ADD mm. so I, I, I flit constantly <laughs> between games um, and so it takes a certain type of game. Like if I've played the game consistently, that means something because mm. I get bored quickly. Yeah. Cool. So it's actually been quarter of an hour. We should really be hitting because we've got four beers. We need to be doing at least one beer every quarter of an hour, or okay. we're going to be pushing more okay. than an hour. And we wouldn't want that. <laughs> Again, I'm trying to make one podcast that's less than an hour. Long. That's the ambition <laughs> of this podcast. Right we'll now. With the third person, very <laughs> difficult to do. Yeah. With the constant babbling we end up <laughs> doing. it's. Um, uh, so what beer difficult. are we going to go for next then? Now, um, I'm working on the rationale that the Saison is going to be the most delicate, therefore it should be drunk first. Mm-hmm. And, and the IPAs are going to be the most intense, so it should be drunk Are there last. two IPAs? There's two IPAs. Well, there's an, <laughs> there's an IRA, <laughs> an India Red Ale. It's, it's, it's an India Pale Ale, isn't it? It's just with different malt that makes it darker colour that's, mm. that's essentially the difference um, but those two are going to be more intense um, the bitterness on them is going to be higher so it's going to fade out more slowly 
and will tarnish the next beer. So anyway, that's the general rule that I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm, the that's sort of how we played it every week. Isn't yeah, it? So that's the, yeah, that's the right way to drink beer. So on that basis, then it's the Arbor Y Kicker Moo Cow New Zealand Pale Ale next. So forgive the ignorance, but um, what makes something a New Zealand Pale Ale? Um, it'll be the hops, New Zealand hops that are mm. used in it. So um, hopefully it says the hops that we've got in here. Um, Kiwi, presumably. <laughs> so, okay, it's got Southern Cross, uh, Ray Cow, I don't know how you pronounce it, R-A-K-A-U, Ray Cow, Pacific Gem and Pacific Jade. So it's got quite a lot of different hops in there. Mm. But Southern Cross... Is gonna be a cross with like another European hop, like a Bramling cross or something. So it's right. it's a New Zealand, but I'm pretty sure it's been taken over there. I mean, they they, they all have like a common root, obviously. Anyway, mm-hmm. just cross with each other. But I think that's it. The origin of that one. Anyway, okay. nice noise. <laughs> we love that noise. Give me need to change my text message noise. But yeah, that'll be badass. I like this noise as well. That'd be a ringtone. <laughs> be so confused all the time, though. You'd never hear it as well. It would just be like... You just start salivating. You're like, oh, someone must have called me. <laughs> That's how you know. Just get someone else making a cup of tea. And you're constantly checking your phone because you hear something pouring. It looks oh, nice. Right. It does. Yeah. More heady. A lot more. Similar colouring, though, actually. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice sort of... Light honey. Well, amber honey. Well, all three. Um, the red ale will be a different colour, obviously. It'll be red. <laughs> but, yeah, pale ale and a saison will be the same, roughly. It's nice and cloudy. I like a cloudy it is very, beer. Yeah. yeah. It's very sweet again. Oh, well. Sweet on the nose, sweet on the tongue. Yeah, it is. Mm. I really like this. Yeah, it's got... Quite a complex flavour. It's great. It's like tropically fruity. <clears throat> Don't know how to. Mm. You can have the bit, the hops is clearly stronger. You have that bitter aftertaste, but it's not that strong. Just sort of yeah, light, light bitter. It is that lingers, which is kind of mm-hmm. nice. I know it's an obvious cliche thing to say, but I am getting kiwi fruit in this in the flavour. I mean, I think it's just your mind. It might be just because it's New Zealand, but. I am getting that flavour. Mm. That is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite earthy as well. Yeah, I really like that. It's great. Nice. So, Alex, what have you apart from Hotline Miami? <clears throat> what else have you been playing this week? Um, so, I downloaded um, Sid Meier's Starships. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't uh, all that I hoped it would be. So, mm. um, I guess for a while I'd been on this um, chasing a dragon of. Um, Space games, space strategy games like Star Made, obviously, um, and I like Civilization, obviously, as I mention it every time we talk. Yeah, uh, even managed to shorten it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, so I, you know, I thought both of those two things in combination with each other would be great, and uh, wasn't massively impressed with the most recent. What's the most recent? Uh, Beyond Earth. Yeah, Beyond Earth. It just kind of seemed like Civ, but with like weird colours and like aliens and stuff. Yeah, I think we've spoken about it before, haven't we? It almost seems like a just a reskin yeah. of um of Civ Five really. 
So it seemed like I had this image that it would be like um, different planets, different solar systems and stuff, and you'd be able to set up um, cities and things like that on different planets. And it would be like when you land, it would be a Civ-style city development strategy thing, but that you'd be able to go to different planets and it would have that intergalactic and we fight other starships and stuff. So that was what my in my mind I thought the game was going to be like. And it turns out that actually... There isn't really any city building. There isn't really any city building in a civilization game. I mean, there you go. It's obviously oh, it's not a civilization game. Well, yeah, Sid Meier's <laughs> game. Meier's game. Is it um, not got civilization in no, the title? It doesn't actually. No, no that's true. But it's like pirates are just one of those yeah. one-offs. <laughs> so it's it's essentially a space combat game with uh, a civilization hexagon-style uh, map, two D map that you can shoot spaceships in and. You do take over control of planets, and in fairness, you, you can, in a sense, build cities, but all that means is clicking on a button that says build city, and then you know, all you get is a little graphic and it tells you that you've now got more influence. There's no like, you can't build a granary, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not a civilization game if I'm not starting mm, off building mm, my right. granary, and then. So, you know. given that it's mostly sort of geared towards the combat, mm-hmm. is that at least. A good thing? Are you getting a nice strategery fix? Well, it was... Um, I found it very, very easy. I mean, I, I didn't specifically set the difficulty setting to be... I ne- I'd never start a game and then choose to play it on easy. I mean, I would just leave it at the default difficulty setting. But I would imagine a new game, come to play it for the first time, at least after a, an hour or so of playing it, something challenging has happened. Nothing challenging happened when I was playing it. So I won every encounter I had easily without really thinking about it and kind of got bored after a while because there wasn't really any you know it's like watching a film or something where you you kind of someone spoiled it for you and you know that the main character's not going to die it kind of removes the tension out of the danger scenes like i just didn't really feel oh maybe i won't make it through like i know that i'm going to make it through essentially so Mm. We, we were speaking previously as well um last week or the week before that it's it's quite cheap isn't it as well it's not a full priced yeah, that's game. True. And we were sort of theorising about why that would be, and it's possibly because it's sort of half the game you almost expected it to be, really, mm. isn't it? Yeah, that's just rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is on sale, actually, right now. Is um, it? Yeah, the 2K games is having a oh, giant are. Steam yeah. sale, so all of the Sid Meier's games are on sale. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't buy this one, buy all of the other ones. Except Pirates. Or Borderlands okay. or something like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, something that you, not that you know that you're going to get your money's worth from because you may never have played one of the games in the series, but... Um, I guess that's a good point. Do you think it'd be a good introduction to this style of game, or do you think it's just missing too much of the core mechanics? Um, it's... You've still got things like researching and... Yeah, you're the researching, that's true. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's like all of the periphery bits of of this type of game without the core so it's not a great introduction to it because I mean you're not seeing so if you just played this as your first introduction to a Sid Meier game and then then moved on to Civilization, you'd be overwhelmed at all of the extra stuff that's now happening in Civilization that you'd have no introduction to with this game, Mm -hmm. that it wouldn't help you, I mean it's more like a game where if you kind of like Civilization but what you didn't like about it was the Town building, 
the, uh, the civilization part. Yeah, the <laughs> civilization. Well, if you like the combat bit of it most, then you'll probably like this game. I don't really understand why you would like. Yeah, I was going to say that's a shame. Like, I find almost with Civilization that the combat is too heavy. Uh-huh. That you're sort of almost in, in the Civilization games, you're almost forced to have to have some kind of standing army. Whether you want to go out with that army and take over other cities and things, you almost, especially with Civ Five, someone will always appear at your your borders, declare war, and try and yeah take and on, you over. On the, um, like Emperor Plus difficulty settings, the barbarians end up yeah. being really viciously difficult to deal with for quite a long time so yeah there's a lot of military involved in it so it's <clears> basically <throat> a poor man's RTS yeah 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 so I, I just I'm not going to play it again mm-hmm. that's a shame might as well delete it yeah make room for other games yeah <laughs> or fair well if you don't play one game this week don't play this one yeah, yeah. that's right if you want something to not do yeah yeah. If you want to play a game with hexagons, make sure they're super. Yeah, so super hexagon, buy that instead. That's only like three quid or something, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah. And that's just, um, I've been playing that a lot as well. Mm. It's just a little Twitch game where you have to move an, a triangle around a circle. A um, circle? The, I guess, yeah. Yeah, point. It's essentially yeah. it's a circle with a hexagon inside it, essentially. <laughs> and um, all you have to do is, like, there's, like, trippy psychedelic flashing colors and um, an amazing soundtrack which we may mix a bit into this episode if i figure out how to do that um if if that might be what happens now but it might not it depends whether i get around to doing it (laughs) if it did then and i did but anyway the the soundtrack is great on this the the visuals are simple but but addictive um the the gameplay is fast and so Basically, you're a small triangle, and all you can do is you use your left and right arrows to pivot mm-hmm. around a central point, essentially. And different shapes um, start collapsing inwards, and they'll have segments. It's basically like a hexagon collapsing inwards, and there'll be a segment or two missing, and you have to make sure your triangle fills the open space. And yeah. as you That's progress, it. the shapes change, and they go faster. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly addictive, and much like Hotline Miami, you just hit base bar and you start again right away so. yeah yeah. I mean it shows how how sort of good the game is because we spoke about it last week as well mm. that we sort of jumped to speaking about it again this <laughs> yeah. week it just shows that it is a, yeah. a, a good little game to I love it to it's get great into. Yeah. something yeah. about it I really love it's really unpretentious um, it's, yeah it's just a core mechanic mm. with great music good yeah. visuals mm. nice so this week I played a couple of games mm-hmm the first one um, was Valiant Hearts, which is a free game on PlayStation Plus this month by Ubisoft. Um, it's been out for quite a while, so a lot of people, have, well, some people have probably um, picked it up and probably know about it already. Um, but it's a sort of 2D side-scroller-ish. It's kind of not quite a platformer. You move through um, different... Um, landscapes having to solve various puzzles and it's set um, to the backdrop of the First World War so you're various characters um, one French one American one German and one Belgian I think mm-hmm. and they all have different storylines which seem to twine between them um, so for instance one character the, the German is in a um, in a prisoner of war camp at one point and you have to work out various puzzles to try and get out and uh, I don't mean sort of 
complex puzzles. They're quite simple in that you, you might need to get into a room to pick up. So the, your ultimate goal on the, the level is to go and pick up um, some wire cutters to cut the barbed wire fence to be able to get out of it. But that's guarded by a dog. So then you have to find something to get to pull the dog away from the door. Mm-hmm. But the thing that you want is guarded. It, 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 say you, you need to pick up some meat. That's in the kitchen, but then the chef's in the way, and you have to find something for the chef. So it sort of builds on these little puzzles quite nicely. In this, like a situational puzzler. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's it's quite good because it's it's very it's quite a simple game as well. Sort of the the color palette's quite nice. It's quite tonal, very very simple. Um, the music in it's really nice as well. It builds the levels really well. It's a very good um, sort of back background to what you're doing and. and really brings up the tension in some of the um, situations that you're in. So it's um, it's just a really nice game. And if you've got PlayStation Plus, which neither of you do. I do. Sure. Oh, do you? Oh, yes, you do. We have spoken about but this. But yes, I yes, only yes. have a Vita in this country. So. Um, um, I don't know whether you can get it on Vita, actually. You can't. I checked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you've got PlayStation Plus, then you should definitely pick this one up, as it's free at the moment for mm. at least another sort of week and a half, so... Nice. Yeah, it's a nice game. Um, and the second game I've played is called 80 Days. Um, and it's a text-based adventure game, which I played on my phone. And it's really nice to um, be able to experience sort of a, a smaller game in sort of quite bite-sized chunks. You can, you can drop the game and, and pick it up quite easily um, when you've just sort of got five minutes on your hand or if you're travelling somewhere. Um, and the whole idea of the game is that you are Phileas Fogg's um, servant and you have to help Phileas Fogg get around the world in 80 days. So it's set in a Victorian era world but with a, a steampunk vibe. So some of the cities you visit have mechanical lights already and electricity running through. And, I think there's a gaming rule that if it's Victorian era it has a it has steampunk vibe. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> Got to do something slightly different. Um, but it's nice in... You you work out how you want to move around the world. So you can say, we're going to take the train from London to Paris. That's going to be the first leg of your journey. Once you <coughs> arrive... Your tunnel. That <laughs> might not have... Even in a steampunk era, <laughs> I don't think the uh, the channel tunnel existed. It may have done. I don't remember taking You can it. take a steamer from possibly. Dover to Calais. It might, we may possibly have done that. I, um, being the first leg of the journey, there's so much other stuff that had happened, I don't remember. But it's nice that when you arrive in another city... You get um, sort of the choice to uh, go to a market to sell some of the things that you have, to explore the city, uh, to go to a bank to pick up some more money to then pay for your next stage of travel or to stay over in a hotel um, to just sort of pass the night. So the next day comes because only some form of transport will only depart on certain days when you're in these cities. So you might have to stay over in a city for a couple of days before anything's going off to the next place. But if you start to explore a city, you get a lot of dialogue about sort of what the city looks like, um, obviously in this steampunk sort of setting, um, and the, the people in the, you know, in the city and things. Um, and through exploring the city, through the different conversations with people that you have, you discover more routes across the world. So it opens up how you can travel across the world. Um, so suddenly you might find that a route going to another city you can go a day earlier than the route that you were planning to take. So it, it accelerates how you move across the world so as well. So how do you interact with it? Does it show you a map of the city that you're in or something? Uh, no, not the map of the city. You, you get a map of the world and it 
shows the cities on there that you've discovered and it shows any routes that you've discovered moving between the cities. Um, but when you're in the, the city itself, it's a just a little dynamic background with a few of the buildings sort of from the city. Um, I think it's a, a, even more limited than a, sort of a couple of the games that we've spoken about. The, the colour palette, I think, is mostly blue backgrounds throughout. Um, I think it changes very slightly, but not very much. Um, and they're, they're really well designed. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do take transport, it pops up in the, the bottom corner and sort of the camera sort of judders very slightly. So you know that you're travelling as well. So it's, yeah, it brings that in very well. If anyone can hear that, that is my cat meowing <laughs> in the background, being a prick. A vicious murdering cat that destroyed a robin earlier today. Didn't oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah man, oh. it did. It's yeah. really a sweet pair of robins that lives in the bush next to our houses. Lived it? Lived, yeah. yeah. I mean, they used well, one to... of them may still be at large, mm. we don't know. Yeah, they used to just like you know nip in and out of the garden, a pair of them always together, two of them um, doing stuff. Now one of them's fucking dead. <laughs> what a prick. Um, but just to finish on 80 Days, it's I got it for free mm-hmm. um, through the Amazon App Store. Oh. Um, yeah, but I think it's I think it was only free for maybe a weekend or a week or something like that. But I don't know how much it is. It's probably similar to Super Hexen. It's probably £2.50, £3. And that's a, it is a really nice game because it's another one that once you've gone around the world in a certain way it, it popped up and said you have visited 30 of 115 cities mm-hmm. so there's oh, so many it. different ways of being able to go around the world and you 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 know you've only had slight description of some of the cities so it'd be really good to go back and explore the other ones to see how they fleshed out all of these different mm-hmm. cities so and so this is on android is that what you said uh, i played it on android i would imagine that it's on i uh, iphones as well <laughs> ios <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, I would imagine it is. A lot of the stuff that comes out on Android has already been put onto iOS. So, But yeah, that's a nice game. That's cool. I think it's time for another beer. It's a little bit behind schedule, but that's fine. We can we can drink up. We can. We have the technology. We <laughs> do. Um, shall we... What do you guys fancy? An India Red Ale or an India Pale Ale? I have no idea if an IRA would be stronger than an IPA. In what flavor? As in, so I mean, if we're doing this delicacy scale, um, which one would naturally be next in the in the ordering? Yeah, it's hard to say. Have yeah, we, I think just from almost them? just from the name of the um, the new Bristol brewery, IRA, <laughs> called Flame, it almost makes you think that it's going to be quite a. A spicy. Mm, their beers are normally taste, quite um, like out there. They they they're a brewery that has big flavors, um, bold, like creative things. Like Wiper and True are very like um, they'll do a style very well. Like sort of like like designer beers or something. Whereas New Bristol are kind of like crazy beer, like a experimental, different type of beer that you've not had before, kind of thing. So mm. Maybe. We should leave it till last. Yeah. The Southfield yeah. Hop now. Sounds yeah. good to me. So, um, this is Bristol Beer Factory. Uh, not a massivist fan of Bristol Beer Factory. I, I've been disappointed having been to the uh, brew pub, the Grain Barge, on several occasions. Some of the stuff's nice, some of the stuff's not that nice. And I, Just I, a little hit and miss. Yeah, I am of the opinion that if you 
have a brew pub, the beer should be amazing. I mean, there's no excuse for it not all being amazing. That's my view. Yeah, I suppose to some people it is amazing. Possibly to, to the guys that brew it, they think that all of that. That's fair. I would imagine. <laughs> it would be very interesting if, if they didn't think it was True. amazing. Yeah, well, this is kind of just, piss poor. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, you know, I, I can't believe that the Foster's brewers are sitting there thinking this is amazing right, this but, fosters we're making there's, there's a money making aspect to it as well and maybe then I think you might be being less charitable putting the Bristol Beer Factory in the same group <laughs> as fosters yeah well I you know I'm, I'm certainly not trying to say that they're, they're much better than that and, and, and in all fairness Southfield Hop is by far and away their best beer it's a great beer so I mean I've had this before but normally I have beers that I've had before on this show but Mm-hmm. I don't think either of you have had this beer. No, no I haven't. Okay, good. So. I, I, I did notice it has some sort of award on the label, though. Yeah, it's got a SIBA um, award for, I don't know, National 2012. Champion 2012. Gold. So I guess they won... Does that mean they won the best bottled Ooh. IPA? Because no. that's a big Doesn't tell you on that. Award. It's that's a, what that means. It says bottled beers, gold. Mm. What if that was a platinum award? Yeah, that's true. Diamond. Exactly. Who knows? We don't know. We don't know what this means, essentially. <laughs> but it's what probably... is Seba? <laughs> that's a nice noise. We love that noise. So this is slightly darker in hue. That is the word I was looking for before. Hue. It's mm, a good word. When describing colours, I suppose. It's not always applicable. Or if you're talking about Hugh Jackman. Oh, I was going to go with Laurie. Ooh. Lots of hues. Uh, Hugh Jackman's latest uh, film, Chappie, seems to have done really well at the box office. Really? No. <laughs> really? Mm. No, I see. I thought that was to go on a completely different tangent to, to games. I thought that that actually seemed quite interesting. Apparently and, it didn't uh, follow through with its Right, okay. Because uh, Neil Blomkamp's previous films have been quite good. Did you see, the last one? I liked Elysium, yeah, yeah. So, this is quite um, frothy again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Frothy. Frothy. Oh, that's a very interesting nose. That is big. It's a big flavour. Yeah. Copy aroma. There's a Cyrano de Bergerac. It's a little darker than the previous ones. Not much. It's very Ooh. hoppy, isn't it? But not, it's very hoppy, but not shock under the face hoppy. No. It's not too bitter. Yeah. It's like um, an American um, India Pale Ale style, I think. I mean, yeah, I could probably have a stab at what hops are without looking, but I mean, there's a lot of cascade. Now that you've dropped the gauntlet. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of cascade in there, I would say. I mean, please have a look, see see if it's out. Keep going while he's looking at it. Um, Does it? Possibly... Some amarillo. Uh, oh, I don't know. It says it contains wheat and barley. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but it's like, if you like American beer styles, this mm. is a great example of something that's like that. I mean, that's what they're trying to it do. It is. I mean, it, it's, it's, it is quite similar to something like a Sierra Nevada. It's not yeah. the same, but it's, it does have a similar sort of um, level almost, doesn't it? Yeah. It is an American-inspired IPA, and what it says about hops is that they're powerful <laughs> and Pure the power. big malt content is there to balance the massive hop character mm. so we don't know but so, we all like it it's a good beer yeah, yeah maybe Bristol Beer Factory can tell us 
Maybe they don't want to tell us. Now I've slagged them off. But I mean, this is this is an excellent beer. That it is nice. It's very good. All night then, so you know mm. they've definitely done. Yeah, I, I know we said about sort of previous beers. This is definitely one of those beers you, you could drink all night. Yeah, mm. definitely. It's a classic beer. Mm, it is. So, have you guys played anything else that you want to discuss this week? Um, so I threw two out there. Um, Give you guys a I chance. Did two, I think. Yeah, yes. Yeah. True. In that case, I'll, I'll follow it up with another permadeath. Risk of rain. Yeah. Mm. Um, Risk of rain. Either you haven't played it. No. No. I've, I've seen a, you play it. No. <laughs> it's a two D platformer where you are about. Uh, maybe a twelfth the height of the screen, if that. Right. You're a very small collection of pixels, um, and uh, it's basically you've got you start with the commando character. You've got a regular gun attack, a shotgun blast, a rapid fire, and a roll dodge. And the the game has increasing levels, but um, it basically is uh, you have to find uh, on the map a teleporter. And you go and you activate the teleporter once you find it. Uh, and then you have 90 seconds to survive a boss attack during this time, wherein um, enemies will spawn quicker. Mm-hmm. And then once the 90 seconds is over, you have to kill everything that spawned. So things stop spawning after the teleporter 90 seconds is done. Yep. But they'll slowly start spawning an increasing spawn rate um, until you activate the teleporter. So right. it's sort of, a, in fact, in the top right, there's a little. Um, uh, egg timer that starts at nothing, uh, and then it says very easy. And as the longer time you spend in the level, the higher that goes. And it, it I mean, I've, I've finished, I finished the um, first level on very easy, and I finished the first level on hard because mm-hmm. I just couldn't find that damn teleporter. <laughs> um, and the types of enemies change as well as the difficulty increases. Okay. Um, and and it's a random boss. There's at least there's three bo- different types of bosses. And level one, and it's you have a health gauge and you can level up, but it's sort of it just pummels you with with a lot of going on. So you, yeah, it's sort of twitch permadeath, um, some strategy, uh, and just you know legging it when you need to. But you have to you have to clear your screen to you have to kill all the enemies to be able to. Yeah, the level doesn't end level. until yeah. you. Um, and then there's other things like the enemies all give you um, money and and experience. Yeah. And so there are certain boxes throughout the level. Some of the crates contain experience um, just for free, basically. And then some of the crates, it's like 20 bucks, buy a power-up. Okay. And then some of the power-ups are like health regen over time increases Mm -hmm. because it slowly goes. But the trade-off is it's so slow that you're just going to be spawning a bunch more enemies. So it's only if you're at like 30 of 120 health that you're going to want to just back off and get Mm -hmm. some. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's not worth it. You're just inviting trouble. And it's really addictive, and it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not beat level two yet, and a mate of mine who's been playing it off and on for months has not beat level three yet. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and they have this multiplayer co-op that I'm curious about, and I think we should have a try out for. for yeah, subscription. yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It sounds fun. Is that through Steam? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also uh, it was also sold in a humble bundle, mm-hmm. and still in the humble store, I think. Uh, so I actually own it. Um, DRM free on the Humble Bundle and on Steam so uh, I think I'll probably give uh, Alex a uh, copy um, mm-hmm. cool seeing as we uh, share space living space and then see if we can try this uh, co-op and then yeah go from there 
So we share living space in the sense that you're staying in the, the spare room at the moment, not in the sense that we are a couple in only day because <laughs> <laughs> that's only a thing to say because earlier this morning was it when the carpet man came round to measure the no we just got stairs, virgin from te- uh, internet installed. you're just both in your pants I, just, yeah, I cannot believe I just followed that up with no no the reason why we have to talk about couples is because we just got virgin um, we, yeah we got new internet today and uh, and we were both in our pajamas and they gave us quite a look it was it was just we just each of us independently happened to have got up relatively soon before they got there yeah. but it did seem like um, you know if I'd said put the kettle on darling I don't think the guy would have been surprised in any way I mean I don't know if there's anything wrong with that at all but it was just you know that's it was not, because he, not the living arrangement that yeah, we were yeah. practicing right but now. we both got that vibe from him that he was thinking that was going on mm-hmm. but nothing was said and it was really inconsequential yeah. Um, yes so anyway that's <laughs> as an aside <laughs> <laughs> so what was that um, zombie-style shoot-em-up game that looked oh. like Doom 2? Yeah, uh, Killing Floor was free on Steam this weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Um, and I downloaded it. And it's, uh, I thought for, it's a 2009 co-op zombie survival shooter, first-person shooter. And I thought um, it was just going to be like Left 4 Dead. And in some ways it is, I mean, premise-wise. But it's... Basically, each stage has four waves of enemies, about 30 zombies-ish, depending on the level, sometimes increases, right? Uh, and then a boss, the the patriarch, I think he's called, or something yeah. like that. Um, and then he summons more as you kill him, uh, as you fight him. Um, but you basically need to survive a, a wave, and then the trader will, will open her doors somewhere on the map. Um, and you actually, you know at the beginning of the wave where she'll appear, so you kind of want to kill all the zombies while getting towards her because you only have a minute and a half to deal with the trader mm-hmm. and then you can buy new weapons etc and there's classes and you experience up i have only played as the sharpshooter with pistols and i seem to be just fine yeah <laughs> but you have like a medigun which um gives you about 25 30 health over time mm-hmm. but it then needs to recharge yeah and you can weld doors shut with uh, the alternate of the Medigun, which is like a, a welder. Um, and it seems like it'd be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I've only ever played it uh, single player. And uh, as for games, multiplayer co-op, it's just not quite the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that's... Um, we, could, we could play some tomorrow as it's free for the weekend, but I've managed to pack up my gaming PC because oh. I have to redecorate. Mm. It's quite echoey in here. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, the other thing, of course, uh, I mentioned Left 4 Dead. Left 4 Dead's about getting to the safe house. Yeah. While Killing Floor is just about killing the zombies when okay. they appear, because you could literally just stay in the same area of the map and they will come hunt you down. So is it um, is it endless? Um, could you just continue playing, or is there a, I, is there a, I think a there's final a, point to a level and you move on to a different? Yeah, so you survive. There's different modes. There might be an endless mode. I haven't really explored, but it's usually about four waves and then a boss fight, mm-hmm. and then you spawn a new map. But the new map is right. random. You okay. seem to always start in the amusement park. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. Nice. Sounds good. It looks like Doom 2. Yeah. Somehow. Well, it's not graphically. No, but the style and the zombies, like as compared to, say, the Nazi zombies uh, minigame on the end of World of War. World of War, yeah. Where that looked like um, it was trying to be a classic zombie film kind of Mm -hmm. look to it. This doesn't look like that. Yeah, they're very demony. Demony, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So it's more on the Doom 2 end of the okay. shoot-em-up scale right. rather than... I don't know what scale we're talking about that has. 
demons on one hand, <laughs> zombies on the other. But on that scale, the reality right? scale. <laughs> what I do like about it is you don't get a um, a crosshair reticule. All right. So, like, when you have the pistol, you're aiming with the actual yeah. side of the pistol. Mm-hmm. Although the problem is, as with any game, when I have the option, I always do wheel pistols, mm-hmm. and then you can't use the sights. So you, I've just started to learn what the midpoint is because mm-hmm. headshots work. You work it out from the position of the gun on the screen rather than yeah, like like they're here. So I know um, <clears throat> I, it's roughly this spot is the mm-hmm. thing, but I still sort of do less headshots with two guns than I did with one. Because yeah, they don't have yeah, that shot. Don't have, and I suppose with two guns as well, you don't quite have the... Not having the dot means that you don't have the accuracy. Mm. But whether there's uh, an inbuilt mechanic as well to drop your accuracy down right. because you're sort of hip-firing yeah. two pistols rather than actually looking yeah, at Yeah, and it does have stability and it does have... Um, you can only carry different classes and carry different amounts of weights. Yeah. So you can pick up a rifle you find, but that's a lot of weight. And if you're a light character, you... you can't carry as much ammo or whatever and so it's mm-hmm. got a nice little cost benefit i'd like to play more of it nice of course it stops being free tomorrow but Did i never go akimbo anything on first person chewers if i can help it i mean it always seems to be a bad trade-off yeah extra firepower but the I have to be like within six feet of the thing you're shooting at i play too much max pain one i think it's the problem <laughs> <laughs> just bullet time everything <laughs> oh i played i i've I've played a lot of Max Payne, not mm. bothering with bullet time. Yeah, yeah, it's much harder. It turns out. Strangely. Yeah. Good, good. Right, so we shall move on to our topic, our discussion of the week. Um, but first, we should probably open up the last beer. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Let's do that. So, <clears throat> New Bristol Brewery. Um, the name New Bristol Brewery sounds like a simple factual description of a new brewery that opened in Bristol yeah. um, but the guy I have uh, met them before and the main dude told me that actually it's supposed to be a sort of homage or whatever to the New Belgium brewery which is like a California new wave craft beer thing so it's a, okay. it's not just a I mean, it is a dry factual description of what it is. It's mm. a new brewery from Bristol, but it's... Um, when does it stop being new? Yeah, exactly. At some point, they're going to be... It's not going to... Oh. It has some, like, wax coating and... Uh, and a cap. Like a like a bottle of wine or something. Mm. Seems a bit over the top to me. Mm. <laughs> That's usually where you find the cap. Hey. <laughs> I walked into that. This is going to be completely different to everything we've had so far. Oof, that is a nice deep coppery color. Mm-hmm. Definitely red. You definitely get the red. Looks nice. But spicy. Yeah, this is going to be totally different. So as the more you put in, the darker it becomes. Yep. Thanks, sir. Alright. Oh, that's a sweet nose. That's not what I expected <laughs> at all. Yeah. So this has uh, only UK hops in it. So Aurora, Bramling Cross. So Bramling Cross is what I was saying is probably the originator for the... New Zealand? Yeah. New Zealand hop. For the Arbor. It's called. Um, Southern it, Cross, that's what it was. Isn't it? It's got a UK cascade, which tastes very different from the... 
uh, US Cascade. US Cascade is like the definitive uh, hop of the um, US Pale Ale, US yeah. American, um, India Pale Ale that, that you find. But this is going to be very, very different. It's quite, it's got a big smell, but taste-wise it's actually quite light. Mm. I was expecting it to be a lot mm. bolder, almost. It's true, actually. I'm wondering how much of that is the lingering South Pole. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Maybe. It may, um, you may find that it's got a slightly different taste mm. in, a, in a bit of time when the, the previous beer has worn off. It kind of tastes like a brown ale. It does. Than yeah. a red ale. It's like, um, it's got that kind of, uh, I don't know how to describe the finish, it's sort of, I mean, it's a coppery finish, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as well as a coppery, like. It's also got this sort of uh, more viscous feel to it. Like, I know it's still just as fluid, but it sort of coats your tongue in a certain way. I don't know yeah, how to yeah. That. It doesn't seem to quite linger as much as the um, the Southfield hop did. <clears throat> doesn't have that sort of hoppy aftertaste as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really getting any hops at no. all from this. I made a how surprising. Yeah, I made a brown ale once, um, and it was supposed to be a Bath Ale's Jam clone. Mm-hmm. Kind of tasted like this oh, actually, right. and I had like half an ounce of hops in a five gallon. Brew, which is fuck all. I mean, my last one had nine ounces of hops in, so you know, not much. And then it's an, for an India red ale. I was expecting it to be like the the prefix India just means a shitload of hops has gone into it. Where, did, which hops did they use? Where, where did they so, go? <laughs> I mean, it says with what the hops are. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they call it flame because they burnt it before. Yeah, they yeah. yeah, just boiled right down. So it's not what I was expecting. Not unpleasant, but mm. not what I was expecting. No, no, not at all. Not at all. So we shall discuss party games, mm-hmm. um, and we're just going to talk about sort of the, the various different like party games that we've played. Um, whether we think that um, they're almost still relevant in the kind of gaming space that a lot of people seem to be in at the moment. Um, so. Rock Band has just announced that a new, I think it's going to be Rock Band 4, is coming out um, and will be coming on um, the newest generation of consoles, um, Xbox One, PlayStation 4. Everyone's house is going to be filled with plastic guitars again, plastic drum kits. And they, do you know they're not doing Wii U? I don't know. Hmm, possibly. I'm not sure. We'd have to. I'm just because yeah, yeah, yeah. of all the games that could possibly come out on all three, it's so graphics. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. I suppose it depends on the way that they're taking it, whether they feel that the something like the Wii U has the um, shop infrastructure mm. for people to be able to jump on, which, which I suppose it has the eShop and stuff, but whether people would yeah. just pick up packs of songs and things like I'm that. I'm sure Nintendo so. would require that one of the instruments is uh, is the giant Wii iPad. <laughs> Maybe that's the drum kit. You just have to tap with your fingers. Oh, I was thinking it'd be like the timpani. <laughs> <laughs> just a lap slide of some kind. Um, but like I used to play the Guitar Hero and Rock Band games all the time with friends. So if we were going on a night out, we would get a few beers in, We'd crack rock band out, Guitar Hero, 
and we'd play sort of three or four songs um, all together with yeah. a couple of guitars and a, a drum kit. But before that, before we had um, sort of the full band and before it was released, before you know when something like Guitar Hero Three or came out and there there was only guitars we just used to have a laugh and watch each other play and try and beat each other's scores on various songs or just play sort of the songs that we want and get slightly drunk before going out stand on the back of sofas yeah slightly drunk yeah stand on sofas play guitars behind our heads jump off just have a laugh really but it it almost seems that the way the game sort of space has gone that people don't get together to play games as right. much anymore. You're talking about the fact like that we've got a whole generation of gamers brought up on Xbox Live. Yeah. Where they're the people they play games with but they might never have met. Exactly. It almost seems like it's a bit more accessible for people to connect and play games together, but not together. You are removed. You're not physically together. You're removed from each other. Mm-hmm. So and it's... And that like... So, so the idea is that that means that there's no room for the party game anymore because people are just... Well, I don't know. I don't know whether people are... Uh, almost prepared to to get back into that or whether they're going to rely on people like us who play <laughs> who play games you with their friends just don't understand these exactly. Xbox lives people who play games with their friends who get together and want to have a, a, a <clears throat> local co-op experience mm-hmm. versus people who just want to play with each other over the net that sounds really <laughs> fucking dodgy so I guess I like that you brought up Guitar Hero 3 being the party game as a one-player experience. Cause yeah. I feel like uh, in undergrad and right before we all go out, we used to play all kinds of games mm. um, that were fun to watch in the one-player mode, mm. like the early Grand Theft Autos, like San Andreas. Yeah. It was so much yeah. fun. We played it all the time. Uh, the One of my flats, we had a projector on the wall, and we just traded the, the controller. Actually, it was a keyboard and mouse, but you get the drift. Um, and that was our prep for going out, kind mm. of all, you know, enjoying, laughing at the silly things we did. Falling off buildings, yeah. not quite sniping someone. Mm. Starmate doesn't really fit into that category. Mm. <laughs> I'll have a quick three-hour go making a massive spaceship and yeah. designing the power structure to be as efficient as possible. It's not, it doesn't really can't really pass the path. Okay, so there's a distinct category of party games that aren't even multiplayer. Yeah, and I'm just wondering if, like, <clears throat> do we need something that makes everyone play, like, a rock band style mm. game? Or is it that the people who want to play games with each other will pick more nuanced multiplayer experiences mm. and people who Possibly, have a laugh will play yeah, whatever? I suppose people find a game that they like to play, and, and when they're together, they will just... It, I suppose it's irrelevant whether it's a co-op game or whether it's a single-player yeah. game. They will find the game that they want to play and and, and play it, really, and, and take it in turns. But there is um, something really uh, special about playing a game where everyone in the room is participating together yeah. in the same game. I mean, like, it's cool to watch somebody doing something and you can uh, participate to some extent in like telling them what to do or whatever. But micro machines for the master system back in Ragnos fifteen years ago or whenever 
You, you realise that it's got to be longer than that. <laughs> yeah. the, the reference, uh, the gaming level reference, is lost on most people, but the the actual IP the game is based on is yeah. just as lost on people. What's a micro machine? <laughs> yeah, that's well, the micro machines don't exist anymore. What I mean, <laughs> what are you supposed to say? Like it's like a Hot Wheels but smaller. What's a Hot Wheels? Ah, <laughs> uh, so it's it's uh, they. Ages ago, there used to be real toys that people played with that were made of physical matter. And some of them were shaped uh, like very small cars. And I don't know what you're supposed to do with them, but they were called micro-machines, and you could pretend that you were racing each other with them. They were rubbish, really. And then um, the good people of Sega uh, made a game that used micro-machines. Micro-machines Codemasters? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) maybe, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but what was great about it was that you could have four uh, uh, master system controllers plugged in. Or maybe it was Mega Drive. I, I definitely played it on. I played one Micro Machines game on Mega Drive. Definitely. I seem to remember driving around a kitchen table. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't remember that. Level. There was a toilet seat level as well. Yeah. It was just basically a big loop. And anyway, um, it, the the great thing about it was that not only could you play four player, but you could, uh, could because it was so basic. All you needed was essentially two buttons, I think. Yeah. Uh, like left and right, or whatever. Nothing else. There was no break or. Oh, it's like super hexagon. Like it's like, yeah. <laughs> so you could you could play two player, like there could be two people using each control pad. So you'd share with your neighbour, and you'd have the D pad, and they'd have the buttons or whatever. And so you could have eight people playing, and, and it was great. So like eight, you know, that more or less covers a small. You know, a room worth of yeah, people yeah, definitely. playing at the same time. And there's something really cool about that uh, experience that think, you don't get over. Like, uh, yeah, you don't get that at all online. Like, you don't experience... And you can be on sort of TeamSpeak or, or some kind of chat system where you're chatting to various different people. But you're, you don't quite experience it in the same way as, mm. you know, actually being able to high-five your friend yeah. for doing something really cool in a game. You, you, you just don't get that, but... With Micro Machines, one of the games, you were able to make your own tracks mm-hmm. and you were able to sort of, you know, show your friends when they all came around to play the game. You would first make them, before playing the rest of the levels, you'd make them play the track that you'd spent however long designing and all have a laugh over that. So you got to share in that as well as just playing the game. So, so yeah, that's, that's probably my ultimate party game. Uh, I think um, so. I owned a Wii for for a time, and it only um, lightly pushed the dust away um, when there was a group of people who were of mixed gaming company. We'll say, mm-hmm. um, not proper gamers, basically. Yeah, well, <laughs> casual and hardcore alike. Um, people. Yeah. People, just people, just people. people. I don't see game gamer qualities. I just see people. Um, <laughs> I don't no. see people. I only see gamer qualities. Yeah, that's <laughs> the difference between that. Um, but yeah, so and and we it would only be used when like my uh, girlfriend at the time had a couple friends over and I had a couple friends over mm-hmm. and we'd play something like Mario Party. Yeah. But it it ended up being so niche. Um, and then when I got Rock Band on the PlayStation, it was like, well, don't need this anymore. Mm. Um, and I guess there's still space for that sort of. A few of us want to play games. Some of us don't know how to play games. And there's there's this there is this niche of game uh, type where it's in multiplayer, 
at the, like actual multiplayer, but not hard mm. in a way that most accessible. Yeah, accessible. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So Mario Kart. Yeah. That bit I, I was Mario. just going to say, yeah. do you think if you guys had a Wii U, both, you know, living at your place, would you play Mario Kart together? Yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah Sam yeah, probably would play too. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it would be you, yeah, yeah. And we'd come yeah, over yeah, and come and play as well. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, from in fact, play we, every night. No, but I mean, that's you play every game game. every night besides Super Hexagon and Star Wars. <laughs> Do you no. like games? That, oh, <laughs> did Sid Meier's Starship disappoint you because it was an S game that you didn't like? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. We really um, was. Hope, we were really hoping for Shotline Miami. <laughs> Super sexagon. Jeez. All the S's. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's probably, to, to go back to the question, I think there's space for this a party game, mm-hmm. but it just, whether you need a niche system anymore, I guess is the yeah, way yeah. question. I mean, Steam just announced their Steam boxes. Yeah. So, and their Steam controller, they announced a few mm-hmm. days ago. So then you would have a couple, you could get a handful of controllers in any multiplayer game you could get off of. Steam, you could suddenly yeah. do the Mario Kart type thing, right? Yeah, very true. Very oh, true. I, I take it all back. Best party game, Worms Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I didn't think about this. Worms, anything but the Worms Golf game, Worms is amazing. Yeah, Worms is great. Worms, worms, worms is good, but I don't think it's quite as... It, it sort of... It is accessible, but I don't think it's quite as accessible as something like Mario Kart. No, but... But the anarchy that results from a new player who doesn't quite know what the fuck they're doing... Yeah. Just fire a rocket into the air and kill oh, yeah. themselves. Just... Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, and, um, and let me just put this into the fray as well. We need to wrap up soon, but um, Bomberman is yeah. a great leveler as well. Easy to pick up, get the idea of what you're supposed to be doing. Now, there is skill involved, but it's accessible. It's, it's quite difficult as well. Mm-hmm. It's a great, great party game. Though. Yeah. Uh, that needs to be remade, and they don't really need to do anything to it. They just need to bring it into a new platform. We had a back when I worked um, in IT. Um, we downloaded. I can't remember. I'm gonna have to look it up. It was a Bomberman PC. I think it was a fan release, and you could have over 16 people per map, <laughs> and it was just wow. the most beautiful anarchy. <laughs> like no one would survive. Like only two or three people would luck. Pure luck, survive. And then it became a game of Bomberman everyone was watching, but because everyone started <laughs> with mm. participating in the mayhem, and you were, no one, even if you were the best Bomberman player, there's no guarantee that you're going to yeah, make it to the yeah. end. It was a nice balance that way. i got to find that. Mm. So we think maybe there is a space for party games still. It might just not be... Yeah. But it might just be because we're all quite old. True. Yeah, I think yeah. the space isn't... Might not be that big, especially with the youngins being used to not being yeah. in the same room and, and that being so. So it's, it, it is a different market than it was three or four years ago when the yeah. when the last, or even five years ago when the last rock band guitar hero sort of games. Yeah, I think so. But when I was playing Bomberman, Micro Machines, uh, Mario Kart, whatever, there was no online play. I was going to say that was these games pre Dial Up Doom. Yeah, well, my first <laughs> telephony. Multiplayer and the fact that I'm calling it telephony multiplayer will reveal <laughs> just how so old. the internet existed at that point, but you were paying by the minute that you were connected. So it was, you, you were only allowed on so. after seven o'clock. <laughs> right. Well, because um, your parents needed the phone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, 
But no, I, I played Doom multiplayer before I got the internet. Yeah. Because it was direct dial, modem to modem <laughs> multiplayer. Nice. Yeah, more time spent setting up a match than it took for the match to happen. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. S- spending an absolute age hooking two computers together to both get one to run through the network on the mm-hmm. other one. Yeah. What do you mean I need a null modem cable? Well, these cables look the same. Anyway, so on that bombshell, <laughs> let's. Um, I think we've all agreed that there's there's uh, still a place for party games these days. Yeah, if young yeah. kids don't know what we're talking about. They should. Um, and it, we, it might be that they get into them a bit more if there's something quite as accessible as mm. as rock band or something else. Yeah, teach them to get out of their room. Yeah. And interact with real people again. Yeah. Even if it's still staying essentially inside playing computer games. <laughs> Which is the best way to socialise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right, so... Let's pick a winner. Yes. So we had a wiper and true Saison called The Breeze, uh, followed by the Arbor uh, Y Kicker Mukau. Why or how? I've forgotten. Why? Why Kicker Mukau. That does um, sound quite New Zealand when you say it in a, a fast pace. Y Kicker Mukau? Yeah. Hmm, that's true, Do you think maybe that's why they chose it? Who knows? Anyway, uh, <laughs> <Wikikamukau>. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the uh, Bristol Beer Factory Southfield Hop and the new Bristol Brewery Flame Red um, Pale Ale. No, India Red Ale. India so, Red Ale, um, yeah. Um, so what do we think? Uh, ben, what do you think first? What, I'm not sure mind? this week. I really like the Wiper and True. And we've had some... It, it was a good saison. I'm not sure it's been quite as good as the previous saisons we've had. Mm-hmm. So, even though it was nice, and I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't the nicest beer this week, but it, it almost seems like because the bar has been set so high that every saison you have that the doesn't meet bar, that, yeah, yeah just, just sort of falls a bit short. And so, but, that's just, just to say the, the saison bar was set high by the Partisan Lemongrass saison. Yeah, which was, it was. Which is badass. And we had a saison last week as well. Yes, I, although I can't remember. Oh, is it brew by numbers saison? It was. Yeah. yeah, we did have a brew by numbers saison, which was also very good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I'm going to go with the Arbor. Okay. The Waikikamuka. Waikikamuka. It was. The more you say it, the more it sounds Hawaiian <laughs> to me. Really? <laughs> I think Hawaiian just the Waikiki sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, sorry, maybe. maybe. Um, but yeah, it was okay. it was nice. It was a really nice beer and. Even though something like the Southfield Hop, I could probably have drank all day. Mm-hmm. I think the Arbor was sort of more of a special beer. It's something that you would pick if you saw it again. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And Adol? Hi, I hate to be boring, but I, my line of thinking is exactly the same mm-hmm. as Ben's. Mm. The Wyvern True was good. Um, I described it as inoffensive, mm-hmm. but not in a bad way, but at the same time... For a delicate beer to capture me, it needs to hit certain notes, and this didn't quite do it. Yeah. Uh, the Wipe from True we had the last time we were together, uh, which was not recorded, um, I found much better, and I can't remember which one it was. Otherwise, I would say, drink that one. S- uh, Citra? Oh, yes, oh, yes yeah. Citra. That was Citra. a fantastic beer. Yeah. Um, the Flame kind of flamed out for me. <laughs> Uh, several hops again I agree totally could drink it any time of the day but yeah. I'm 
really, when I saw the arbor, I'd be like, why don't I kick a moo cow? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna tip the scales and say, why kick a moo cow? Um, I'm gonna go with the Southville hop. Because yeah. It's just a great beer. It's just the type of beer I want to drink. So mm. I'm gonna. Um, but I'm basically gonna echo everything else you said, apart from sliding somewhat with the with the Southville hop. The Wiper and True and the Arbor were both very difficult to pick between. Didn't really think there was that much going on with the flame. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I think I, maybe we'd built it up quite a lot just yeah. because of the the. Well, none what of us kind had of beer had. we thought it, it would be. Yeah. Compared to actually what and it was. was like, I was expecting it to be the type of beer where I was like, "Ooh, that's an interesting new flavour," and it was like, "An oh, it's that flavour again." I've had that before. It was kind of disappointing. Yeah, Indian red ale sort of. Mm. Not a term I, any of us have experienced before. Yeah. And because of that, it seemed... And it evokes a certain type of taste mm. and a certain novelty, and it didn't follow through with either of those mm. things. Yeah. I was expecting, like, um, the deep kind of maltiness to be, like, offset by a really strong, uh, hoppy fullness. Like, and I kind of expected, like, an orangey and deep... Kind of mixture of those two. I, in my head, there's a really good beer there that could be called yeah. India Red Ale, mm. and this was just a brown ale. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand where that happened. Anyway, so we've but, made our decisions. Um, so, so the Southfield Hop and the Arbor Waikikamukau. Yeah, yeah. The two that stood out because there's three of us. The Waikikamukau actually won. Yeah, technically. I, yeah, I suppose we've never really had a winner. Yeah. We have a wiener. Nice. <laughs> So, that's it. Episode four. Done. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Who? Free game of the week. Oh, maths challenge eight. <laughs> Jeez. We did, we did play another game that was... A free flash game. It was, was absurd. Yeah. I suppose. Did you end up playing it? What yeah. game is this? Oh, well, you didn't read your... Yeah. Uh, it's... You can't do maths... Simple, oh, you can't do simple maths under, under pressure. pressure. Yeah, you can't do that. simple yeah. maths under yeah. pressure. That wasn't a game, that was just maths. That was just... It, was, it had <laughs> 10 levels. Did you beat a on... game. <laughs> I think I got to level 6, and they threw in the element of time. Time <laughs> so I was okay with. It's quarter past 12. What happens if you take 20 minutes off? I'm like, oh, I don't know! <laughs> I was totally fine with, it's 12.45. What time is it? 35 minutes from now. But when it said... 12.45, 35, 25 minutes before or whatever. Yeah, it's like, I can't, yeah. I can't take time away. What am I, a wizard? Well, you've just done like 11 times 3, 4 yeah. plus 8, and, and some really simple stuff. And then suddenly it's time. Like, ah, but, you know, it just explodes a little bit. But it is true. Like, you you kind of get worked up as the timer gets quicker and quicker mm. throughout the levels. Yeah, yeah. And true. we'll put that link on <laughs> yeah, the like, Twitter and, and or the YouTube. Uh, I promise you further... Future free games of the week will be a little more exciting. <laughs> quite possibly, quite possibly. If you can do some excellent maths yeah. and you want to tell us about it, you can uh, tweet us at tankedup underscore cast. You can catch me at nova underscore 47. You can get Alex by sending him a letter to some <laughs> random Bristol address, as but we do every week. finding me on Twitter. But not I'm finding not me on Twitter. I downloaded the app for Twitter, so now I'm... Receiving notifications. Well, that's halfway. But I don't know how to do anything on it. I don't know what happens when I go on it. And and you can find me on Twitter at The Omniarch. That's T-H-E-O-M-N-I-A-R-C-H. That's definitely a speller. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, we have been tanked up. 
Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. We shall catch you next week. Ciao. Okay, bye. Why kick a moon cow? <laughs>